With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Leafs Weekender. Sitting down, recapping the Leafs week that was, the week that will be, the good, the bad, the ugly, and some other topics around the Leafs and the NHL. As always, well, maybe not as always, but my co-host, Mr. D434, finally back in the house. It's been a little while. Dylan, how's it going? It's going great. Um, It feels like it's been 11 years since I've been on the pod, but it's been like four weeks so uh it's good to be back happy new year everybody i hope everybody had a wonderful break and uh let us know what you got for christmas sports related, <laughs> yeah. of course throw it in there let's see what's going on as always thank you very much to our friends over at boxing rock brewing called the big beer for the big podcast and that's just offside in your ears recapping the week that was all right so let's get right into it william nylander it was brought up on Saturday Night Headlines by Elliot Friedman that he will be staying eight years, looking like 11.5 per year for Willie Nylander. If, and I said this in a tweet yesterday, if we are getting the version of William Nylander that progressed last year and is this year for the next six years, because we all know guys tail off at the tail end of their contracts, it's just what happens. You're paying them for the prime years. But if we get six years of William Nylander being William freaking Nylander. I'm not mad at it, man. You got to pay stars. And with the cap going up, John Tavares moving from his big contract to probably a smaller contract. Other guys like Brody's number coming off, probably going down as well. I think this is what you need to do. And kudos to Brad for living and the Toronto Maple Leafs for getting the deal done. Because the narrative around... Canadian teams lately is stars and big players don't want to stay here. Well, now we have Austin Matthews done and William Nylander done with some term, each differing, of course, between guys. But Dylan, $11.5 million for William Nylander. Are you for it or against it? I know our little argument over on Instagram. Well, I, so I, I sent that to actually Clark as well, and he had he had some good points too. But um I, I was trying to explain to Clark that, you know, it, as long as we get Willie at what he's been 
performing at, I am perfectly fine with that. He is on pace for over 110 points this season. Um, he has, I saw the stat last night. I think he has scored, I think in 34 of 36 games or something like something similar close he's to got that a point. Yeah. Point in those games. So yeah, he's absolutely flying. Um, and, and obviously I don't think that you can always produce at that level, but, uh, you know, if you're a point per game, that's pretty solid for me, especially at, at that number. Um, I, I know that the cap's going up. I just worry about our goaltending like, a, like we had in the conversation, but that's a different and whole other story. Um, I, I really think that Willie wants to be here. He said that he wants to be here. And um, I absolutely just love his energy that he brings every day. He's smiley. Um, he's a, he's a pro's pro. I've said it before. Uh, he's learned well from his dad. So, um, yeah, if it's, if it's signed, uh, on paper, congratulations, because he's, he's deserved it over the last two seasons. What, what, what do you think? Uh, obviously you had said if he keeps performing. Well, if he keeps performing at this rate, I mean, he's a top five scorer. He's kind of tied with Connor McFreaking David right now. So, I mean, that's not too shabby for a guy that was, uh, let's just call it what it is, the whipping boy here in Toronto. Uh, everybody was on his back. Nobody wanted Willie here. He was packaged in every deal. Still is, by the way, to get a defenseman. Um, some people linking, hey, why don't you go to Nashville and say you trade Nylander one for one for Roman Yossi. That deal is not going to happen. Nashville's not giving up Roman Yossi. Also, I'm a big proponent of this one, and you know my stance on this. And um, it was actually me and Terry Koshan that formulated this thought way back in the day. If you're taking someone off of your roster, a la William Nylander, who is in your system or in your lineup that replaces at least maybe 65 to 75% of what he brings to the table? Not the full board because you're not getting another William Nylander. You don't have one of those sitting waiting in your hip pocket. But do you have someone to bring on that offense that you are going to lose. And a lot of people saying and stubbing their nose, we have enough offense, we need defense. Well, if you go from your surplus and you switch it and bring it down to your defense, no longer is that surplus there. No longer do you have those points there, which makes you so dangerous. And if the Leafs are to spread it out a little bit further, hello, Mitch Marner on the third line. I said it last week about someone with an egg. I'm just saying, come on, let's get it done. Let's figure it out. But for William Nylander, for me, $11.5 million for a top five player, you get it done. Yeah. Um, I I kind of – I totally agree with, like, you can't get the percentage of, of his scoring. And he's arguably the one that is helping produce all of the offense. You know, it last night, he's it was him on the power third. play. It was him on the power play that got the assist. And then he got he got two more goals. Like he is producing all of the chances in some and or most games. So it's hard to replace that. Uh, the biggest problem is replace or trading away asset. Well, not assets, but trading away people to get the asset we need on the back end. Everybody's so keen and fixed on you know the we need this, but in reality, like you take this away, you're not necessarily always going to get that. And I know a lot of people are just like stuck on 
potential a lot of the time. And that's not always guaranteed when someone comes to a new team. That's it's, it could not work. It could be a problem. Look at uh, look guys at with injury and all that too. Yep. He didn't work out in Anaheim and he's flourishing here. So again, you're carving a role and also you're making it so the team doesn't have to go out and get said player at the deadline either and spend those assets that you would spend to go get a guy like they did last year with Luke Shen. So now you have basically a smaller but still feisty version of Luke Shen who wears number two, by the way. Absolutely. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's supposed to be the day the contract is signed. We'll see if they get it done. But from all angles, it looks like it's done. Willie wants to be here. The team wants him here. Everybody's happy. Um, and one thing I will say about the, the media around this one, kudos to you guys. For once, you didn't uh, bury and bash a guy who wouldn't sign a deal right away with the Maple Leafs. It was a lot more calmer water, shall we say, going through the season so far. It hasn't been doom and gloom or you know countdown clocks or hey, this guy's got to be done by this time or otherwise you got to deal him. Or they also haven't dragged Brad Living too bad in the media either, you know, referencing the fact that he didn't sign Johnny Gaudreau, you know, and saying, oh, is this another Gaudreau 2.0? You know, that hasn't been brought up, at least that, that I've heard. So I'm just saying kudos I, to them on that side of things. Absolutely. But, I, I, my other point is, like, my only fear is, and, and you take the Johnny Gaudreau example, he was producing well in Calgary, but he went and switched teams and now he's not producing as much. It's a prime example of your your environment changes. You might not perform as, as well as you are. My, Jack Campbell's doing this to you right now. My my worry is that you know he's just doing this for a contract and then he's gonna die off. That's my only w- big worry about it. And that, you know, my big what if. Yeah, it could be the big what-if, but I look at it like this for William Nylander. Um, he stepped it up. Each year, he's gotten more goals, more points uh, in the past three seasons. So he's obviously taking the right path to being the player that we want him to be here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, if all goes well, there'll be a press conference tomorrow, hopefully. And uh, Willie can announce his deal maybe in a tweet or a balloon or a blimp or the CN Tower, try to one-up Austin Matthews. So we'll see what happens there. But speaking of one-upsmanships, the Maple Leafs one-upped everyone. On the California road trip, it was California dreaming. 3-0, Martin Jones, come on down. It's Mr. Jones and the Leafs. Make that hit song right now. Um, He gets a shutout. He only allows two goals the entire trip. Uh, He looks solid positionally. Even when the team faltered last night in the second and the third period. Also, same thing with the LA Kings, second and third period. Allowing teams in with more shots. More opportunities, usually those go in. So Martin Jones is making those saves and turned a uh, a deadly trip, shall we say, into a good trip. And it's funny, the Leafs kept the streak alive as well because I believe it was 3-0 and they went on the trip and then they lost all three. 3-0, and then they lost all three, and this year was 3-0. and So next year, just expect the Cali trip to be an absolute nightmare and that's what it will be and that is fine. What did you see from these games? Because I have one alarming concern that I'm going to bring up here, but I want to hear your view on these three games of the Maple Leafs, West Coast games. So I know you got to see some of them. I did. Um, I put on NHL webcast, uh, just tucked it away while I was driving home. So I got to hear the game at least. Um, I obviously wasn't watching like, 
totally in on it. Um, even Saturday, I wasn't totally in on it. Um, however, um, Jones looks very confident and I'm loving it. Um, and props to tree living and also thank you to the entire NHL for not claiming him when we put him on waivers. No, you should thank Brandon Pridham. That's fair. That's fair. For that bonus that was on his contract that made him nearly impossible to pick up. Um, and then, um, like I didn't watch a lot of the special teams, which kind of sucks. Uh, obviously the, those are probably mo- some of your points. Um, let me, I can't even really remember it. Obviously I remember last night's score. Um, I, I was at the bar actually. So, um, my buddy had, he had, um, Matthews at over three shots and he underperformed because, because I guess 13 shots against Anaheim was too much for him to keep up into the next game. But that Anaheim game, holy freaking crap. Bobby McMahon came up and got – he didn't get suspended for that hit. I because he No, he got tossed out of the game. He got a five-minute major, which I went on the ranch show the other day and said that uh, that shouldn't have been a five-minute major. It should have been a two-minute boarding call. He shouldn't have been thrown out of the game. Ridiculous. Answers the bell against former Leaf great Ilya Labushkin. Um, you know, Labushkin actually got the two-minute minor for instigating. So that was nice yeah. to see for once. That getting doled out for the Leafs, not just against them. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, Zegras looked a little dry in that game. But besides that, um, our power play looked strong, in my opinion. I was very – I actually saw Johnny goal, and I was like, yes finally because Dossel was standing on his goddamn head and he i know we were taught i was talking to you about a different anaheim goalie but this kid's this kid's young and proving to a very young uh team in anaheim that you know he's he's there to stay he i i feel like people show up against the leafs and that's that was kind of a prime example of that um but I think we should have won that like seven to one. Well, you know, if it was any other goaltender in between the pipes, maybe we would have. I mean, you peppered him with what fifty plus shots. So yeah. And then what was it? Tuesday's game against LA, three nothing again. Um, I don't remember catching this game, but um, Monroe is not with us, but he is listening in. Uh, he can't be with the show tonight, obviously. Dad <laughs> duties before any duties, but. Uh, John Gibson isn't happening, and I fully agree with you, Clark. It's not the deal. It's not the one to make. So, so uh, by the looks of it, Willie had what four goals? He had four on goals the on the trip and some assists. Yeah, no, he was uh, he had a good trip in Cali, man. And and our that uh, Cali Yarn Croak line, uh, I really appreciate them. Uh, like I said, I think about four weeks ago. Um, well, they're... well, now it's a little different though. There's no Nick Robertson on it. It's now Pontus Holmberg. I have not noticed that. So, anyways, so, you go into 89 to 29. Yeah, well, I'll give you a little praise on that one. I'll say the third line has looked a little bit more speedy um, and a little bit more bodied with Pontus Holmberg on that line with Max Domi and he's centering it. Cali So, what's that? No, he's not centering it. They have Pontus Holmberg as a winger, and he's okay. looking good. So, and we all know my uh, love hate relationship with uh, with Holmberg. There, obviously, on the draw, he's not the the most astute. But the problem that I have with the Toronto Maple Leafs here is if you want to be taken seriously as a threat for the Stanley Cup, your penalty kill has to be absolutely 
bang on, pretty damn good. I'd say probably top 10 in the league. The Leafs are now 21st in the league on the penalty kill, even though they had a pretty darn good trip. The real problem that I have here, though, is for the Leafs shorthanded. They were... They were... 20% on the draw, shorthanded. Oh, you're, you're um, talking about the, What's that? I said you're talking about face-offs here? Yeah, against the LA Kings, on the draw for face-offs on the penalty kill, were 20% against the Kings. They were 40% against the Ducks. And these are all teams that are not exactly the greatest. And then, of course, Saturday night, they did not have a penalty against so my issue here is any further break that down and look at who are taking the draws. Matthews, good. Tavares, good. Camp, whoa. One for three on the draw each night for the penalty kill. 33% on the dot is not going to cut it for the guy that you are paying to be your defensive penalty kill faceoff specialist. That does not work for me. That is an issue we were lucky against the Kings, but then you go Anaheim and San Jose. Those are lower-ranked teams. You should be good on the dot. You work good on the dot. And now you go in this week, you're facing the Islanders, which lead their division, I think, still. And then the Colorado Avalanche, who obviously are the Avalanche. So you're going against stiffer competition. It's only going to get harder. And you need a guy who can win on that dot. And those numbers prove right now the Leafs on the penalty kill are not getting it done on the faceoff dot, which we know directly leads to chances and leads to goalies being swarmed, whether it's five on four, five on three. They need to figure it out. I don't know that they need to bring in someone special to run the dots with them, have Malhotra just drill camp. I don't know what needs to be done here, but that is a concerning thing. You're 21st in the league on the penalty kill, and you also are not winning those defensive zone draws on the PK, which are crucial, and you're not doing it. And I'm I'm saying this after the Leafs just went 3-0 and this week. I'm still saying when you are rolling, the little things matter. And you look at the second and third period against the Kings and the second and third period against the Sharks. They took their foot off the gas. They looked sloppy, lackadaisical, and they let the teams outshoot them. And nine times out of ten, if you're being outshot, you're being outchanced, and then you're being outscored. So you mirror that with the fact that they're not winning on the face-off dot. It becomes a snowballing problem that needs to be fixed. And you should be doing those fixing against lower-level teams. But it seems like for whatever reason, they're just like, da, 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 da. we'll score two, Willie will score five, and then we'll win. It just doesn't work like that. And now you're going to face stiffer competition. And I think those things will rear their ugly head once again for this team. But kudos to them going 3-0. Kudos to the defense blocking shots, standing up for each other. Benoit doing his Dustin Bufflin impression, dragging two guys out of the scrum. Um, and he got the belt. He had, he had like, what, 19 block shots over? He, he's been insane. Benny, Benny's been awesome. Joner's been awesome. Um, you know, the team is just – it's those guys that are supposed to be basically not on this team, Jones and Benoit. They really are coming in and setting a tone, and a lot of guys are following through too. Yeah, no, it, I, he actually just really stuck out to me during 
uh, this trip, Benoit. You know someone who didn't stick out to me this trip, and I've been uh, tooting his horn all year long? Noah Gregor was kind of quiet this trip. I noticed his speed from time to time. I noticed his speed from time to time, but that's about it. Like, like I kind of, like, first kind of glimpse it, I am like, oh, that looks like Yarncroke. Nope, that's Gregor going. Because, like, they have same kind of, well, similar number and and build but for um, sure all right well let's look at the the week that is for the maple Leafs. we touched on it briefly there we got the sharks again we got the new york islanders the colorado avalanche um clark i know you're listening so last week i said this team is going to go 3-0-0 clark thought they were going to lose almost every game and there were going to be sweeping changes and problems so i'll toot my horn i right last week i said 3-0-0 we hit that mark this week i'm saying 2-1-0 for the maple leafs I think we beat the Sharks again. I think we lose to the Islanders because for some reason we always seem to have trouble with them. And I think we show up and show out against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Dater, I know you listen. So Adrian Dater over colors the Colorado Avalanche. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Leafs lit up the Colorado Avalanche a couple seasons ago. I think it was on a Saturday night. So that will be the Saturday night game. So let's hope it happens yet again. There's three games. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree on it, but I'm going to say we win against San Jose um, and the Islanders, and we lose like a close one to Colorado because they're just humming and Nate Dogg's on a mission right now. All right. Well, uh, DraftKings prop bet. Does the Hildebeest start any of these games in your opinion? No. Sucks. He should, though. He should. He should, he should but the games are spread out. Like, I thought yeah. I thought he was going to play the back-to-back, but he didn't. No. Jones said, no, I, hold my beer. I, I'll get a shutout in the second game. I I was like, oh. Like, because I picked him up in fantasy. I was expecting it to happen. So, I was just like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lost not yet, not yet. No. But I think his time will come. He will have a chance between the pipes for the Maple Leafs eventually. All right, so let's get to the GBU, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, the good. Let's just make it simple and plain. The team played pretty steady defense, played well in front of Jones, and got the job done on what usually is a daunting California trip for this team uh, every other year. So this year they just held the fort and got the three wins. So the good is the team coming together on the Cali trip and getting her done. What is your good for the week? Good. Um, Simone Benoit. Benny and the Jets. Let's go. All right. So the bad this week, the bad for me is what I've already, uh, I've already focused on. And that's the, the defensive zone faceoffs on the penalty kill leading directly to chances, goals, et cetera, et cetera. And a 21st ranked penalty kill. Just will not cut it against the league's elite, and it will not cut it going into the playoffs. That's my bad for the week. I will touch on that and say specifically the shorthanded goal that uh, Anaheim got. Mm. It yeah, kind of just grind, grind my gears. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. It's never fun. Uh, the ugly for me this week, I don't really have much of an ugly for this team. There wasn't a lot of ugly out there, to be honest with you, with the Maple Leafs. So uh, I will say, uh, yeah, I'll say we'll punt the ugly this week in my side. Ugly. because. Well, I don't, I haven't been here in a while. It's just Sammy. I hope he recovers, but 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's not even ugly. That's just I feel bad. It's it's ugly in the sense of what happened, but um, I hope he bounced back. Well, speaking of bouncing back, our friends over at DraftKings, they bounced over with the Hockey Podcast Network. And we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can get 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So if you want to bet on that Maple Leaf-San Jose game or maybe the Colorado Leafs game I just mentioned where they may blow them out again, that's where you want to go. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet 5 bucks, And in the NHL, you get 200 in instant bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets are set to expire 168 hours after issuance. DKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility, deposit, and restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are trademark registered of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. So get over the DraftKings. Get her done. Here we go. We're back at her. All right. So. Clark Monroe's chimed in with an ugly. The fans' reaction to Willie's numbers. We've locked up a top six score for eight years, allegedly. That should have everyone revved up. End of story, period. I 100% agree. Clark, I don't know if you were here off the top, but we actually talked about this already, and we both pretty much said the same thing. You're getting a top five guy for eight years, probably six of the prime. I'm not too mad about it at all. Yeah, Lee Fancy is calling down. What's that? 26 or 27? 27. So it'll be about 35 when he's done. Not too shabby if you ask me. But yes, that is the ugly. Come on, guys. Get excited. We have Matthews locked up. They said we couldn't do it. Nylander, they said he wasn't staying. Marner will probably follow suit. Riley's here for a long time. The core of the guys that we want that are superstars have agreed to stay with the Leafs, while guys like Panarin, Gaudreau, Tuchuk, all switching and going to different teams. So I'm happy the Leafs are able to get it done. You're right, Clark. That is an ugly one. It's a bit of an ugly one across Leafs Nation. But I think once it's done and everybody can celebrate a little bit, I think we'll be all right with it. But let's keep rolling here. Down the sandwich board we go. I'm talking about Martin Jones and saying let him cook. I asked you about Hill to be because I want to see where your head was at. For me, I say, hey, these guys got to let Martin Jones keep cooking in that net. He's looking good. He's tapped into the fountain of youth. Allow him to go on a run. Even when Wool comes back, don't rush Wool back in between those pipes. Let him fully feel good in practice. Let him fully feel good sitting on the bench, taking in games, get his routine down, then move him back onto the ice. A lot of people are worried that as soon as he's declared healthy, they will thrust him back between the pipes of the Maple Leafs when they shouldn't so what do you think dylan should you just let martin jones cook yes let him cook let him cook because you know what 
last year, he saved another team's freaking year. He saved the Seattle Kraken's goddamn season last year. And he's doing it again this year. Let him freaking cook. He knows how to do it. No, 100%. I fully agree with you. All right, so we're going to let Martin Jones cook. But one guy I think that is done cooking in Toronto, and I'm not saying this to stir the pot or cause rumors, Nick Robertson is a favorite player of mine. Dylan, you know it. Clark, you know it. Everyone knows. I've been thoroughly beating the drum for this guy to have an opportunity with the Leafs. I absolutely love him. I have his young guns probably behind me here. Um, But for me, this guy needs to be moved because he's fitted for a top six role. He will not get that with the Toronto Maple Leafs this year, maybe next year. But again, we keep saying maybe next year with this kid, maybe we should move him in a package to get the defenseman we want. Team gets a young player that can play with premier players, has speed. Yes, there's health concerns, but he stayed healthy this season on a third line that has been checked and banged up and all that good stuff. But he's going, he's taking lickings and keeps on tickings. So I'm thinking Nick Robertson is going to be a guy put into a package for a move. Do what do you say? Do you have an idea of where he should go? Um, You know, there's two places for me. One is Dallas. Um. If they're if you're able to get someone off of their defensive core, maybe an Alexiak kind of deal. Uh, but Dallas is rolling, so it's hard to Alexiak in Seattle. Uh, Jamie Alexiak. Sorry, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he used to play for Dallas. Sorry, yes, he did. you're right. That's okay. So I'm heading down that road. But anyways, there's Arizona for me for Dumba package easy, um, or you can go to Anaheim and say, hey. What kind of deal can we do for um, for Labushkin? You know, with Robertson in there, you can maybe get something more. Maybe even get your Gibber fantasy fulfilled. Um, you know, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I know, I know, I know. That's not. I get to rib you now for a little bit. But <laughs> the the other one is Chris Tanev, and it looks like they want to sign Noah Hannafin in Calgary. They want to move Lindholm, and they want to move Tanev. I know Tanev's old, a little long in the tooth. But my big thing here is he doesn't play like he's old. And you take him, you put him with Riley, you move Brody down, limit Brody's minutes. Suddenly he looks a whole lot better than he does because he's not being stretched thin. Then you're moving another guy down your defensive lineup as well. Guys start playing where they belong and it becomes a thing. So I think Nick Robertson will be a dangled piece. And it sucks to say that because I know he's going to go somewhere like Brad Boys did and pop off and score probably 25 to 30 goals somewhere as a top six forward, but he's not doing it on the Leafs, and that's just the bottom line, guys. So that player, if you have something that you can trade of consequence, which is him, do it and get it done. Bring a defenseman in, figure out where you're going with it. My thoughts are, oh, he's not even in their lineup. Um, There's a guy named, I guess he's injured. Or he's not in the lineup. Peak from uh, Columbus. I guess you could get him for way cheaper than Nicholas Robertson, but he is a right-handed shot. Um, Or, honestly, um, I do like the idea of Tanev. He knows how to play top top minutes, and he's a right-handed shot. Well, you'd also probably get him on a cheap hometown discount kind of deal, too, on a re-sign. So that's another factor there, too. I was was also thinking – 
you know, you could trade Nick Robertson to Chicago because he could flourish in Chicago. Um, and uh, I forget his first name, but Murphy. Connor Murphy, yep. Yeah, from Chicago. That might be a deal worth looking into too, but I'm, I'm talking about it's probably got to be the package they're going to put together is going to be for a guy that can play on your top pair. It has but to be. I agree with Dumba because we've always been linked to Dumba for whatever reason. It just seems to be the player that's always linked here. Maybe you bring in Dumba and that's uh, the move right there. And you you shore up that D again, shifting everybody where they need to go. Um, I don't know. But Robertson, for me, he's done in Toronto, in in my opinion. Pontus Holmberg has looked great on that third line. Bigger body, has the speed. Maybe he's built to be a winger. So we'll go from there. Uh, my other thought is um, that I was watching the Winter Classic and this person uh, stuck out to me, Adam Larson. Yeah, it might be a player, but I mean, at the same time. It depends where Seattle's at and their numbers. standings too. Yeah, I mean, it's a player they really coveted when they got him. So I don't know if they're going to, you know, this early into their existence move a guy. I know Vegas did, but we'll see. Well, Nick they, Robertson definitely with flourish there. It's quiet. They moved, they moved Geo. So we got history of trading people. So we we do. We have a Dubas history, but we'll see. That's but anyways, the bottom line is I think Nick Robertson will be in any package the Leafs make out there. And uh, you know, it sucks, but I wish he could have worked here, but it just doesn't seem like it's there for him. Um, so switching off the Leafs for a moment, we're gonna go over and look at the rats. Nick Cousins, all these greasy players that are doing ratty things. It's starting to catch up in the league. They talked about it on Saturday night. Um, the panel talked about it. Uh, Elliot Friedman talked about it. They BX talked about did. it on 32 Hot. Yes, BX had dropped the rats comment. That's where I got it from. Yeah, so, I, I I heard he didn't let loose on, or he didn't he didn't hold he back. didn't hold back. Um, the thing is here, the problem you're having is you do have these rat guys that are going to cause problems, and now you have these guys causing problems, but you're not penalizing them. So you don't penalize them. What happens? Someone on the other team says, well, F this. I'm going to go F this guy up. Or I'm going to hit him with a cheap shot of his own, and he's not going to like it. I let Nick Cousins getting laid out. Now, I don't, I'm not a proponent of a guy getting laid out like that uh, and, and possibly getting injured. I don't like that. But I think you should, you know, atone for the hits you throw and the greasy yep. plays you do. And Cousins doesn't do that. Um, you know, you've seen Gabranson go after him and try to beat the living brakes off him. Uh, he he dove after Gabranson, freaking got one after him. He's he's a coward. I don't I don't like. Yeah, him. but this is the problem. You know, the rats are going to run the game now because there is no one holding them accountable, and not even the NHL. Now the NHL is going to start stepping in. They said, you know, after the Brandon Smith Bedard thing, which we'll talk about in a minute. But even that hit wasn't. I don't deem it to be that greasy. It was uh, compared greasy. to the. Compared to they're, the cousins, they're right? just stepping up because it's a star player, mm-hmm. and that's it. But done. it took someone getting hurt with name value for them to be like, "Oh, maybe we should look at this stuff." But uh, in my eyes, that was a pretty clean hit. I'm not gonna lie. But Bedard did put his head down for a, like a quick glance and lost puck control a little bit, and he it cost him. Unfortunately, those things happen, right? I mean, it's yeah. not, it wasn't a predatory hit in my eyes. It was no. a guy who was lining someone up for a hit. And yeah. last time I checked, the National Hockey League is a contact league. So those hits are legal, whether your name is Connor Bedard, Noah Gregor, Matthew Dumba, it doesn't matter. You can get blown up just the same. Unfortunately, the way he got hit, it, it caused an injury and he's out four to six weeks with a fractured jaw. We'll That's miss the All Star game. 
that's not good for the all-star game. I was no. just gonna say. Especially he's, he's all over the marketing, right? So yeah, yeah, that sucks. But, oh well. Yeah, I mean, we we've talked about the rats bedard and we talked about boarding already. The NHL is going to address it. Uh it's gonna be on the I guess agenda whenever they talk next. Um, you will see, I think, the refs start to uptick any hits along the boards that are deemed aggressive, which kind of sucks because we do like board play. But I think any hit on the numbers that drops a guy, it's going to be an instant, and they're not even going to talk about it. They're just going to. Well, we, you know, we kind of saw a lot of this situations happening in the in the World Juniors. So yeah, um, I, I think it it's something that needs to be addressed, whether it's in game or. Well, they're going to overcorrect like they always do, and then it'll the pendulum will swing back to where you know where it's finally okay. This is where the rules are. But right now, they're going to get every perpetrator they can just to kind of draw a line in the sand. Hey, you can't do that. And I like that because once you know what the rule is, you don't act like an a-hole no more. And that's the best thing. Lastly, we have a buddy, uh, John. Uh, He's battling cancer. You know more about the the exact cancer. I can't say it off the top of my head. Multiple uh, myeloma. It is a a bone cancer. And from what I heard from John's video – um, it's, it's taking up about 70% of his bones and obviously there's no cure at the moment for multiple myeloma, but, um, there's obviously drugs out there to, uh, prolong your life going forward and whatnot. Um, but obviously this, uh, has kind of struck a nerve in, in me, um, as many of you know, as James knows, uh, I went through my own battle uh, for about four and a half years. And uh, hearing the news, especially around the time he did, I heard mm. the news around the same time. It was just before Christmas. Um, it, it's never easy. Um, but um, I want to, I, I try to make a video. It, it hasn't hit its waves, but um, there is a spitting chiclets night in Orlando and I know John's around the area. I don't know exactly where he lives in, in Florida there. And I, uh, he was actually um, headed to the uh, teddy bear toss. I think within the week before he found out the information. 100%. So obviously the solar bear fan or the solar bears mean a lot to him and um, he, he loves the team. So um if anybody from the Spit and Chicklets podcast is listening or anybody has connections to them, um, we want to try and get John to the game. Um, obviously, I had my own experience. I got to meet Austin Matthews, and I know what what that specific night means to somebody that's going through a battle. Um, so I want John to have a night where he can just forget about everything that's going on and um, try just and celebrate and have fun. Yeah, try and focus on having fun and and uh, have a night that he'll never forget. So we're going to try our hardest, and I'm going to keep beating the drum as much as I can. It is this month. Um, we're going to try and make sure that this reaches the desks of one of those fine gentlemen over at Spitting Chicklets. Um, hopefully they can link up with John. Um, we've already, or I've already had some offers of getting him tickets to the game and different things like that. Um, so we will see... Where this all goes, but the bottom line is we want to help John get to this game, have a night. Let him just put everything that's on the bad side to the side, and then as he's battling this, he'll have that night to look back on and be like, you know what, let's go. And you make connections at these things too with people 
that will push forward with you and check in on you and boost your spirits. And that's what we should be doing for everyone. But our buddy John right now needs everyone to get on board with him and get this pushed and get him to that night. Let him have some fun. Let him blow off some steam. And uh, yeah, we love you, Johnny. I hope you win this fight, my friend. We're here for you. Uh, We'll be obviously texting and calling you and checking in on you, especially my boy Dylan. But uh, this is a lot, guys. So let's get this push to the right people and get Johnny to the game. But that right there is the Leafs Weekender. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune on in Wednesday night. We will be back in your ears for some more podcast fun. But you know what the tagline is around here. This is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. (laughs) 